This reading is taken from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Maisie, very much. Beautifully read, if I may say so. Better than King's yesterday, I thought. So super. Thank you. Morning, morning everybody, and a happy Christmas to you. Yes, are, are you feeling good? Have you eaten anything yet? Yes. I've had one Lindor. Uh, what do you call those blue ones? Um, salty caramel, are they? Oh, back for another one in a minute, I'll tell you. Anyway, it's great to be here with you this morning on this Christmas day. Uh, and on the face of it, um, the Christmas story is not much, is it really? There's, there's not a lot of it, really. Um, baby born in a stable, no announcement pinned on the palace gates, anything like that. Visitors probably from the Persian Gulf. You know where they came from, do you? Have you heard the latest research on this? Uh, they found the town where they came from. You're all looking at me totally disbelieving. But they actually came from a town called Orientar. Did you know that? We three kings are, if you didn't get it the first time, it's, it's so bad, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Um, no, we don't really know where they came from, but we think it was somewhere over that way, sort of Iraq, Iran area. They bring gifts. Nobody dropped off a present locally. Um, astrologers, they probably were. Uh, then they tried to con, you know, their way out, didn't they? No, they didn't. They were honest. The con man of Christmas is Herod. He tried so hard to get rid of that baby, didn't he? And that's it, really. And yet we're still talking about it. 2,000 years later. It's amazing. Um, we're here to celebrate the birth of a baby this morning. Or are we? Is there a bit more to it than that? 
John's words, and I love coming to them after the two narratives in Matthew and Luke. I, I love coming to this passage. It means a lot to me personally. I can remember when I became a Christian as a student going home, and I used to think John 1 was usually read by some boring vicar at the end of a carol service, you know, and it was all very, in the beginning was the word, and it was all very dull. And I remember sitting in a carol service after I'd become a Christian at college, and I just, that verse whacked me. The word became flesh. Yuck, that's amazing. And it still is something which means so much to me today. And as to why we are celebrating the coming of the Bethlehem baby, the purpose of the gospel writer is, is just keen to place Jesus right in the big picture of God's plan for the world that he made. That's what John's after. So many would love to keep Jesus in a manger. We want the Jesus of the Christmas card, the neat little package. But John says, no, you can't do that. The light that came into the world was the same light that lit up the world from the beginning. Why do you think he starts that way? In the beginning. John is keen for us to see the coming of the Savior, not just as an exciting night in Bethlehem, but as something which is just part of God's amazing, brilliant pan for people like us. And we're still talking about it. Surely we wouldn't be if all it was was the birth of a baby. I mean, I talked about the birth of my babies. You know, they, they, you know I didn't stop clucking about it for ages. But then they, be, they had the nasty habit of growing up and becoming thugs, you know, as they did through their teenage years. And now they're grown men and, you know, I have to put up with all their banter. But, but that's it, really. But in the beginning becomes the life of Christ, which has permeated right through to us here today. And it does recall the words of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Literally in Genesis, it's in beginning. He was without beginning. He will be without end. Here is an eternal God in both directions. And John tells us he was with God in the beginning. There is Jesus back then at the creation of the world. And when he spoke it into being, he just said, let there be, and it was from nothing. That's the God that John then refers to. In the beginning was the Word, the Word spoken. The Word speaking God was there in the beginning. And God wants to be known. So he sends us someone to get to know. Jesus. He wants to be known. Life was embodied in Jesus. A friend of mine used to love to refer to him as God in a body. It's exactly what he was. Fully human, yes. And Christ is the life that is the light of men, John says. God's purpose for human beings is relationship with God. He sends God for us to get to know him in Jesus. And it means that our story, our life story, whatever that may be this morning, becomes part of God's story, or if you like, part of his story. And we are part of that. We are meshed into the whole of history. Because God is. From eternity past to eternity future. And he, as it were, meshes us into that time. Now, in the last few months, I guess, hopes have been dashed many times, haven't they? 
It's not been a great year for many, many things. Are we through it all yet? We don't know. Our hope can be, can be this morning, that God sent his son into the world. He comes to say, I love you. I have plans for you. I have purposes for your life. Trust me. Trust me. Whatever the world is chucking around at the moment, trust me. Trust Jesus. But it wasn't all plain sailing, even in this passage in John, was it? John draws a stark contrast in the passage between darkness and light. Light is good, darkness is evil. That was a very clear image in John's day in the first century. But the one thing John says in in verse 5, he says it is that when the light of God comes, darkness will not overcome it. So whatever people, culture, society, world leaders choose to throw around, you can't put out the light. The light still burns. The light's still there. And the prophetic announcement that John makes in verse 6, John referred to it, isn't he, has told crowds that there is another coming. His message was the true light. The word true has, has meanings of real and genuine. There is coming, John says, a true and real and vital message which will be life-changing. And that's what John is trying to get across. Verse 9 is critical. His coming gives every person the capacity to know truth and light. I can know God who made the heavens and the earth in a personal way. That lovely Kendrick line, hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. I can know that God. I can know him personally through the person of Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I can know that that is real. And I can know God in a personal way and in a way that deals with me and my issues, whatever those are for you at this moment. Our God has an infinite capacity to deal with the issues that are facing you today. Yeah, we kind of switch them off, don't we, sometimes on Christmas Day and we say, let's be jolly and all the rest, but those issues are still there. What this passage is telling you this morning is that Those issues can be engaged with through God and they can be relevant to you because he has come to bring light in the darkness and and nobody's going to quench that light. That light will still be there. Whenever we think of the decline of the church or whatever's going on in the church or whatever's happening, the unquenchable light of Jesus stands tall. He is here. And that means that although I can't come up to God's standard... I can't try and aim for perfection. So my upward reach to please God is is futile if I'm trying to achieve relationship, but his downward reach by sending his son, his light, to die for my sin and yours works perfectly. That's why we have communion on Christmas Day. We remember that Jesus died to take away sin. And that means that I can have life in all its fullness. Isn't that amazing? So that when we go to be with the Lord, even at the end of our lives, we shall know that. That truth is real. 
Darkness does not quench the light of Jesus. Light means we can see. Um, my wife has a, a worry about me, actually, with Christmas, because every time I, I come into the room in the evening, I, I have to turn the Christmas tree lights on. You know, I'm a bit obsessive about it, really, because I, I just love the lights of Christmas. I, I've got lights all over the front of my house. Not as bad as some tasteless people have, you know, but, you know, my, mine are quite tasteful. But I do have a train that puffs. You're just outside the front, you know, outside the front door. And my wife keeps saying to me, Heather, she says, Dave, it's, it doesn't puff anymore. Only the wheels go around. And I've had it for 20 years, but it still goes up every Christmas because it's light. And I love light. And it reminds me when I walk down my drive in the evening that there's light. And that star in my window, as I look at it, think, light, Jesus is here. God's light means I can now understand. Because, as it were, he illuminates me and my self-image and my doubts and my fears. And I frame them all because God, as it were, lights me up and says, that's how you can be in me. And that's precious to anyone who receives, verse 10, um, there will be an awareness which has never been there before because Jesus has come into your life and that changes everything. To those who didn't receive, John says, they simply didn't get it. They had the evidence, they had the person, they had the words, but they missed the point. Do you, do you ever go to a... I remember once when we were playing a party game, we played lots of silly games in our family. Um, do you remember the one about passing scissors crossed? Am I the only guy in the room that's played that one? No, yeah, yeah you, you know it, Maisie, that's, that's really helpful, thank you. And, you know, I sat there for about half an hour thinking, what are these clowns talking about, you know? I passed these scissors crossed, and they were doing all sorts of actions and things. And, I, and Heather looked at me as if to say, you thick person, you, what are you doing? I just didn't get it. God's word says there are going to be people like that. They just don't get it. And that's why our job, my friends, is to give them every opportunity to get it at this Christmas time. To understand that there can be this illuminated, light-filled relationship with God that John is talking about. He goes on to say he came to that which was his own, the people he created. His own people refused his sovereignty, his love, and said they knew best. God in a body was rejected. We cannot be Christians, John says, by natural descent. So whatever your background, your pedigree, you're a good churchgoer or whatever, zero currency. <coughs> it is, do you know Jesus? Has that light permeated into your life? Do you know him? Has that relationship been established? It can be done very simply. It's called repentance. It says, I tried my way. I did it my way. I do hate it when people have that at funerals. I did it my way. You know, but that's not us, is it? We do it God's way. Here's the question then. Jesus has come into the world to reveal his logos, his word of light and truth, to reveal his whole character to you. Have you received it honestly, thankfully? 
Or have you done like my lovely vicar in Sheffield used to tell the story of walking down the road and uh, there was this little boy outside his house crying his eyes out. So sad, this little boy was weeping, weeping, weeping. And uh, Philip just stopped by him and he just said, well, what are you crying about, my boy? What's, what's the matter with you? And he said, they've shut me out of my own birthday party. And he'd obviously been so badly behaved that they could stand him no longer. And at his own birthday party, they'd shut him outside the door. And Philip consoled him a bit, but he was inconsolable, apparently. If you shut Jesus out of his own birthday party, it's his party today. Claire said, we're going to eat. Yeah, of course we are. We're going to be festive. We're going to be jolly and pull crackers and all the stuff, yeah. But in God's name, don't shut Jesus out of his party. It's his day. Thank God for him. If you've believed you've got a new family, a family with a perfect father who can deal with all your needs, you're his adopted child. I can stand here this morning and say, I am God's child. I am part of his family simply because of a father who loved me so much and sent his logos, truth and light into the world because, and here comes the crunch line, the word became flesh. Flesh, body. That was Jesus. Don't believe this rubbish. It was one of the biggest controversies of the early church. Was he truly God? Was he truly man? Was he... The Bible is so clear on this. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, Isaiah said. God the gift, man, a child is born. He was both. Isaiah knew it 700 years earlier. And that's who we've come. The word became flesh. Christ entered the world through the gateway of human birth and took up residence with men. The word lived among us is bit like putting up a tent it's temporary he left his usual place and accepted human conditions and restrictions so this this morning that we've come to worship is not a philosophy an ideal or a, an ology of some sort or other it's a person we have seen his glory he came to earth most of us here will take communion, I'm sure. And we get to see both ends then this morning of Jesus' earthly life, don't we? We see the birth, but we see the death. And we live at the moment in the triumph of his resurrection. I cannot tell you at the moment how much that means to me. The glorious risen body of Christ was the forerunner of all those who trust him and who be with him forever. Enjoy your Christmas, uh, but tingle when you hear the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Shall I pray? Then we can move on. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that this is clear, that God intervened in human history that Jesus from the glory of heaven came to earth and dwelt among us. 
And we thank you that that's true, it's real, it's documented. We know it happened. So help us this Christmas day to rejoice in you, that you are real, that you love us, that you died for us, that you rose again. And one day, we will all be together in glory as we meet him in the place that he's prepared for us. Bless us this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.